episode 35 of High Key Book Club. It's your NPR voice. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're excited to talk about stuff, but before we do, what's going on in your world, Zelani? <laughs> I thought we were going to say a word from our sponsors. <laughs> 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 but before we begin, this is brought to you by <laughs> Roku, the next no, revolution. No, it's not. In home television. <laughs> no. JK, no spawn Roku. Today we're talking about a lot of things that's a nice npr voice oh that wasn't dry <laughs> yeah, i'm just sleepy <laughs> no we're talking about a lot of things uh because don't say things movies and shows there you, you go you're right i always say things and then i'm like no i need to replace it like in tweets and stuff good call this is like that's what the show is it's like curating a live tweet <laughs> sure okay so we've been Watching a lot of things. Yeah, so it's 2018. We started this <laughs> podcast back in 2017. And we've done a couple of these recap episodes Just in the one. past. Oh, <laughs> shows I know. <laughs> you don't even I'm know. I'm not sure. even a historian of our own yeah, program. No, we we see a lot of things <laughs> that we don't cover on Hanky Book Club. Probably for the better. Mm, sometimes yes i really don't want to cover sisterhood of the traveling pants well i would <laughs> but it's okay there's a lot of movies we don't agree on seeing together even like which like what cameron loves seeing all of the big blockbusters that's not true and i do not like seeing all of the big blockbusters okay, he sees a lot of them the biggest blockbusters it's usually because least. of the stars i just i, I look up at the stars at night and i say <laughs> what should i see what should i see Right. You tell me. <laughs> he likes some of those, so we're going to talk about those cuz I know a lot of people like them. I just I just hate them, so I don't I'm sorry Haiki doesn't cover those. I mean, it's okay. I I just want to preface that a little bit more because it's not that I want to go to the blockbusters because I love them so much, but I try to go with a little bit more of an analytical eye to go look at them because well, I think it's it important. doesn't matter though. You still like I I just can't get myself to go pay or go see it like yeah. spend the time for them i mean in my opinion it's it's what so so those are scripts right and they're the scripts that are getting the most money in the industry to be produced so to me i want to go see how they apply that money how do they i know do but they spend it well? i don't believe that like that's like the political answer like that's sure. the the answer your professors want to hear mm. at school like yours i mean in film school but like really really you go for like i don't know good quality entertainment action sequences yeah stuff like that which is fine it's just i I say it like every time action loses me i forget what the point is it's crazy because like an action sequence could cost an entire movie right oh yeah exactly no, yeah, and and it just makes me annoyed if I go see them. Like a lot of them are good. It's not that they're not good; they're not entertaining. But it's just I forget the story, and to me, the story is what gets me excited. I don't sure, know. Sure, I get that. I I just lose it. I forget what what was the point. What are they trying to retrieve? Or I don't know who are they trying to kill. Uh, I don't know. That's the delicate balance with an action movie. Yeah, there are some good ones and. A lot I've enjoyed in the past. I just don't go out of my way to go see them. But I guess we can we can start with some of those. Well, sure. I mean, before we do, though, I guess we should let everybody know who we are. Oh, yeah. So we're a Haiky Book Club. Oh. We're a Hikey podcast. What's up? Oh, my God. It's Haiky Book Club. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're a podcast about where we... Uh, it's like what? <laughs> we discuss so off script here. Movies and TV shows. It's like a book club, but for movies and TV, right? That's <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. And I'm Zeleni. I'm Cameron. Should I explain what book club means? No. Is this the right time? What? We're not Google. No, but this isn't Google's definition of book club. This is my own definition of book club. Be careful who you talk about in the room. <laughs> so the verb. I use it as a verb. But it's two words. Well, it's still a verb. To book club? Yeah, to book club. I mean, Which I think that that makes sense. Well, I, f- I just feel like a lot of people no- don't know that, so I wanted to explain it real quick. Mm-hmm. It's a term that I use. Like, I, I started getting annoyed, or I'm just generally annoyed by how people 
are always wanting to watch something together, like in a group. And while I was in college, friends always want to like watch in a big group something, like a movie or a show or whatever. So you get annoyed by wanting to watch in a group? I would get very annoyed, and I still do. Why? Because I I don't believe in watching things with a big group. Just, you know, like stuff that's good. Mm -hmm. I I believe definitely in like fun reality TV or old girly movies, whatever, but not something that I haven't seen before and that that's like a new thing. Like they would want to watch Stranger Things together, like stuff like that. And I was like, why don't we book club it? And uh, that's what I meant is like we all watch it separately and then come together and discuss it, which to me is a lot more interesting because, again, when we would watch things together, we would just watch it and then leave, uh, you know, and and not talk about anything. And, the you know, the whole time is wasted on watching when you everyone could go watch it. And then when you get together in a group, because. That's another thing, like scheduling and stuff with groups is hard and finding a time where everyone, I mean, that was a lot of our battles, like finding the time to sit down and watch whatever they're trying to watch. Hmm. So did somebody recently ask you what a book, like, why do you call it a book club? No, I was just thinking about it because I always use it in our tweets and stuff. And I realized I'd never explained it on air. Okay. So. It's a great explanation. I remember when you pitched the whole concept to me at the <laughs> beginning before we even had a single episode. I was so skeptical. And then, you know, I thought, what do I have to lose? So, <laughs> I j- we, so just, we just got on the floor, pulled out an iPhone and started recording. Humble beginnings. But lo and behold, it was on a couch. But that's no, not true. It was on a couch. We sat on the floor. No, we didn't. No, we sat on the floor. No, we sat on the couch. No. No. <laughs> anyway. But that translated to the podcast because now this is my book club that anyone can go watch the thing and then come listen and discuss, you know, with us. Oh, it's your book club. Oh, our book club. Well, mine because I invented the term verb. (laughs) You invented (laughs) the term book club. The verb. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Right when I thought you couldn't sink any lower. (laughs) Uh, right i don't know how to explain myself here but anyway do you need some coffee no i'm good so anyway apparently that's what book club means yeah the verb it means i'll go separately watch something and or experience something whatever it is not just a book that's what annoys me that why is it just why is that concept only to books when with movies and TV, there it's almost it's so much easier to talk about, you know. You're very right. There's so much there's so much sound reasoning to your line of thought here. However, what I want to tr- attempt to explain is how movies, especially just like the the form that we're looking at here, the media form, it's rooted in this tradition of uh, mass media and, I know. and mass audience. I get that. We kind of touched on it the last episode. Totally. No, I get that it's okay to watch things together. It's just for me, it's so much harder to focus. I agree. You know, especially for me, I'm I'm just always wanting to be Mr. Popular in the group. Right. And I'd be like, you know, cracking I, jokes. Yeah, even yeah. between you and I now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it depends on what it is, but they or like my friends will always want to watch these like deep or like just stuff they hear is good, which makes sense. Like you want to see the stuff everyone's saying is good. Like Vice documentaries? No. <laughs> well, they <laughs> want that too. I don't know. But anyway, they like they don't care what it is or how deep it is. They still want to watch it all together. And I'm like, when every single second means something in in something i'd rather be like alone or just with one other person or something i get so caught up with thinking about what the other person's thinking like how are they thinking about this am i thinking about it incorrectly definitely are they looking at it the right way yeah and then there's like anything that like the the more people you have the more likely there's like interruptions right or you know the guy who comes in is like i got the beer and cheetos right (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you can just cut that out. No, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but no, you're right. And for me, I'm always 
like is this an appropriate place to laugh and i'm somebody who mm-hmm. tends to laugh when it's not funny yeah do you know oh oh <laughs> oh i know oh my god <laughs> at the movie theater i know <laughs> but i need i even think just in general like in life i yeah, tend to yes. laugh at the inappropriate times you do. and so <laughs> it's hard for me because i just want to laugh at at these parts that are not intended right. to be funny and then i'm kicked out of the group <laughs> okay <laughs> i can't i kicked out of the theater i can't come back right so it, watching in a group is problematic for me, but also watching by myself is problematic because I end up not being productive in whatever it is I need to do. And I feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm watching it alone. So because then mm. I'm like, oh, if I, you know, if I want Zeleni to watch, if I want to talk about it with right, Zeleni, right. then I'll most likely have to go watch it again with no, her. No, you can, you can just tell me and I'll watch, we'll book club it, literally. Well, that's definitely how some of these selections that we're going to talk about today played out, especially yes. like Wild Wild Country. Yeah. <gasps> Spoiler. But no, I put that in the tweet. Okay, good. <laughs> so. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, so we're really excited to get into that. Right. So we're. That's this is going to be a little unorthodox for yeah, high people club. Yeah, it's going to be a little rapid fire. No spoilers. More like general feelings. Yeah, recommend. Like pew, pew, pew. Recommend. Don't recommend. You know, what it, it kind of reminded us of. Stuff like that, I think, in general. Yeah, so, we have no idea. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we can... Like I don't this. know where we want to start. So a lot of these, or some of these, are things I watch. Some of them are things only Cameron watch. So all of these things on the list aren't things we've both seen like a lot of them are things we've just seen it individually right that's a a collection of our media selections that we've exposed ourselves to this year yeah we we can talk about won't you be my neighbor which Mm -hmm. that was a big fight not a big fight so is it not going to be an order of like beginning of the year definitely not i don't have gears on and i guess most of them were released this year but we'll have a handful of things really small handful of some stuff that we've watched that was before yeah we're always we're watching a ton of things a lot of new things but also a lot of really old stuff that's Mm -hmm. like random and irrelevant i'd be late on everything well yeah that's true cameron is an alien so he has to catch up on who are you who are you an astronaut (laughs) yeah astro engineer (laughs) I'm an alien translator. I knew it. <laughs> so let's start. <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? So this was a of big course. disagreement between us. You really wanted to cover it, but I didn't because the thing with documentaries... You pr- said there wouldn't be enough material to yeah, cover. Yeah, that, well, that's what I mean. Like There wouldn't do- be enough to talk about. Yeah. And I said, come on. I don't think so because documentaries are I'm about pretty to prove you wrong in this episode right now. Documentaries are what? They're straightforward. Like... They unless they're like artistic or experimental, like like the only thing that comes to mind, the main thing that comes to mind is uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, the mm-hmm. Banksy one. Mm-hmm. Like that one has a lot to talk about because there is a lot of room for interpretation. Sure. But most documentaries, however well done they are, they're pretty straightforward in what they're trying to tell you. I still think there's a lot of room to discuss the topics that are in the documentary. I guess, but it, it's a different ep- kind of episode. It's more like research heavy. This and is that's something you're not willing to put in the work for. What? <laughs> what? And I'm, I do. That's a heavy claim. Different kind of research. I don't disagree. <laughs> it's a right heavy claim. So hey, it's the summertime. I ain't trying to work hard on this. Right, exactly. It's fine. But that's why I think it's worth talking about here. I really, I mean, it's a really great documentary mm-hmm. won't you be my neighbor is and it was very emotional very like wholesome mm-hmm. and puts you in touch with like your childhood and like the wholesome and pure parts of it mm. kind of mm-hmm. right i cried like a baby me too so, so did much. the whole theater honestly the whole theater was sniffling mm-hmm. there were some like, very impactful moments mm-hmm. i think that well all, all i'm gonna say is that there were so many heartfelt moments that i felt as if when i was watching the actual show it was easy to miss those because it, it was just sort of yeah. always on and they had so many episodes so you couldn't yeah. see them all but there were moments that I just didn't realize had happened and also how he was a first for a lot of these types of moments mm-hmm. for television. It's and true. it's amazing to think that the one publicly broadcasted station in the United States that is supposed to be non-commercial would be the space for these types of stories to come out on, especially in a nonfiction sense. So 
don't know. It's kind of this weird blend of fiction and nonfiction, right? Yeah. Uh, very uh-huh. interesting project. I think the important legacy that Mr. Rogers has w- is in that he saved PBS, oh, which right, right, right. PBS. Yeah, that's insane. That's an episode of itself. But, you know, basically television's invented it comes in popular 1950s and then by the 1960s well there's a lot of critics out there who are saying that tv is trash anyways he he's able to secure this funding for pbs that it was about to lose and it's probably in a lot of respects thanks to him that we still have it around today it's uh, it's an important thing if you're not familiar about public television and the differences between that and commercial i think uh, that you definitely owe it yourself to go research more especially look at places like great britain to see how they do public television and sort of how they're a little bit on the cutting edge of public media quote unquote Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the u.s is just all about profit it's true. They have BBC. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the BBC is interesting because it's like kind of a hybrid from what I've learned of commercial and public. But um, yeah, still very interesting. But it's like that's a compromise they were able to they were willing to make in order to make it work. And, and you have something like Sesame Street, which was recently purchased by HBO. And so I think that's an important type of example in the modern age to think about how a programming that's been so central to PBS uh, was stripped from their programming and saved more or less by something like HBO, which is very much a for-profit subscription adult service. So that in itself is a whole thing. I imagine there would be a documentary about that at some point. Yeah. So great documentary and I recommend it though. I doubt it's still out, but you can find it. I'm sure. I think it's, might be still playing in certain places, but I mean, it'll eventually come out on services, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like streaming services. Cool. It's, yeah, it's a great... Took me back to my childhood. A lot of yeah, nostalgia. definitely. And it was a little before our time, our age group, and that's why I think we, we caught it like on reruns, mm-hmm. and that's why we didn't get it in the context of what was actually happening in the world right at the same time but it's still impactful like the documentary does a really good job of like putting that context in if you weren't of that generation Mm -hmm. that was a good thing the best thing about it i think i agree it did do a really good job of that yeah so speaking of documentaries another one we saw we saw it at very separate times Cameron only saw it recently, and I oh, saw it when it first came docu-series. out. Docu-series. Docu-series, yeah. Wild Wild Country, which Wild is Wild another Country. one that, like, when I saw it, I thought about forcing you to watch it and covering it. Because you knew I'd like it. Right, exactly. But And, and then covering it. But then I, 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 it's the same thing, kind of. It's pretty straightforward. There is a lot to talk about, but also, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a straightforward documentary. Very well made. It is. My one complaint is the awful fonts they use for titles and names of things that are really already hard words, and hard <laughs> names to right. like pronounce and look at or and read. Right. And then the font is like this scripty ass right. horrible thing. So bad, bad points on the font. But everything else, it was a very great, a very enrapturing documentary. It was so strange how the, the poster, the promotional poster we found online yeah. for it had a more typical type of font that we would find yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it is a it's a if you don't know it's a netflix docu-series about a cult in oregon so it was the the, it was covering the rajneesh movement um and which started in india in the 19 late 60s and 70s and by the end of the 1970s the movement was becoming not only so large but so well, attacked you don't have by to go that deep into the, the indian story. government yeah but so like, they ended up having to move to the u.s to find yeah. a new space um that's what the first episode basically covers but then so it's this cult i mean i don't know i i don't know if i want to call it a cult was it a it cult? is a cult you think it's a cult <laughs> it's okay. definitely a cult it was that was the whole part of the argument that they were trying to make is trying to define whether or not it was a religion or a cult or a community like, was it all of them? Was it none of them? And then it, all of these, well, all these definitions <laughs> ended up having legal ramifications later down the line. But anyway, it just covers what the maybe like four or five years of this cult being in the United States yeah. in Oregon and during the uh, early 80s. And it's a really powerful series. And it's, I guess, an often forgotten piece of American history yeah. because it was kind of small in the big picture of things. Right. 
And also, I think I was telling you, I think it's, I bet if you're from the Northwest area, you're probably more aware of that history. Mm -hmm. Like the way we are here of like the Waco, whatever. So like, I feel like it's it's kind of that regional kind of impact. And since we're not from the Northwest, we, we didn't really hear much about it. We're pretty far. I think that's part of it. I'm sure over there, it's more of a, like a known thing and it's very interesting. So now I'm, now with this docu docu series, it's probably a lot more known, which is right. cool. But it was very well done. They had what I was impressed by was the amount of archival footage because I think them like the cult was really good and loved recording everything. <laughs> yeah, they had some <laughs> like young filmmakers. Yeah, the like cult, that's all they which did. Which makes sense. They're close to California, so it's a perfect subject for a documentary because it's like. They had so much footage. They had so much footage. It's fun to just see like what it was back then. Right. Like real footage of back then. Because back then there wasn't as many cameras at all as we have now. I agree. That's definitely what makes this documentary stand out a lot is it happens to have a lot of that real authentic footage from the incident uh, over time. And what was also cool about it was that they had most of the main characters, the main people involved in the story come back uh, who are still alive, able to give uh, up-to-date interviews. And so they gave like this kind of broader picture, long-term context for how they, it's like how they felt then and then how they feel now about what happened. Yeah, totally. Right. And we find, well, I'm not going to go into it, but so something I just, on the last bit, I guess, of the cinematography is what I like to, because I'm an aspiring documentary maker. I I love trying. You say that every time. I'm just saying. So, What I liked is how I could tell how they had sort of basically like three, three different modes of visual storytelling. Yeah. They had the archival footage, the interviews, and this kind of B-roll right, footage the B-roll that good. they took. Yeah, in Oregon of like the now day. It's like landscape. Area. Yeah, stuff. it really. So it's like this nice blend of like lo-fi '80s videotape with very high definition. 4k looking stuff uh with the b-roll and the interviews yeah so yeah it's very beautifully stylized it's only six episodes hour each yeah i definitely recommend it if you like any like crime Mm -hmm. i feel like if you like those kinds of documentaries and docuseries you conspiracy right yeah and all those things that are like what happened right know, that exactly and what's going to happen to them yeah like shady stuff happening if you like shady stuff happening you should definitely watch this <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so. definitely good uh so i i enjoyed it a whole lot and that was an example of a documentary yeah. of so, something that cameron, i watched on my own <laughs> cameron like binged it and stayed up like all night watching it straight up the other night yeah my <laughs> i've i've since turned it into a minor but before film school major i was american studies major and this is the type of little niche st- niche story uh-huh. that i get really crazy uh interested in yeah. uh similar to demolition night which is a whole thing you can look up on your own but it's mm-hmm. another example of a small event that i think can help represent larger trends in American culture. And I think those are good examples like this docuseries proved of going into and uh, trying to dissect. Okay. Speaking of binging, (laughs) 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 I've just recently got on the Brooklyn Nine-Nine train. Oh, Finally. It had been on my list since it had its, its moment in the spotlight back in May, right? You saw it was in May when the whole... Well, I wasn't around when that happened or I just I didn't I didn't catch it. You weren't around three months ago. I was, <laughs> but I just I didn't catch it then. Like I didn't see it. OK, I, I, I still up to that point didn't know about. Got it. I saw it all up on Twitter. It was the big drama about how it got canceled by Fox. And suddenly every celebrity came out and tweeted that th- they love the show. How dare they cut it? Like every famous person. I don't know if maybe like some people from Brooklyn and I texted like their friends and were like hey can you publicly support you know that's what i'm thinking maybe some of them were because literally like i feel like every famous person was tweeting and and that obviously had a huge power it's not the same as like just us peasants complaining that it got canceled it was everyone had like a blue check mark so nbc picked it up and now the next day yeah the next day 
pretty much yeah nbc picked it up and now the next season there's going to be a next season first of all and it's going to be on nbc which i'm confused because the credits at the end say nbc universal so like is it what does that mean like what is the difference i so it's complicated stuff i can give you a (laughs) basic no i can give you a basic answer okay is that these it's the studios that filmed it. And a lot of often it's the case where a studio from another, it's hard. Like they're the producers. So you have the studio and then you have the distributor and it's Fox. Right. That's the distributor. They're the network that's essentially licensing this right. product from the studio. And so the studio is, uh, so it's NBC universal that filmed the, that that's actually yeah, making yeah, yeah. the product and then uh fox is licensing is it with a deal to distribute it it's just weird why wouldn't nbc keep it for itself uh that's just not how it was set up in the initial deal uh mm-hmm. usually it's something like they pitch it to whatever network wants to pick it up because right the network is the one that's interested in actually airing it and combining it with their advertising blocks yeah, yeah. so if Fox is the network that greenlights it. Well, then they are going to have, they're going to go searching for a studio, company. right? Okay. To I go, guess, to yeah. go make it for them. It's also confusing because it's all the same names. Right. But and so the hard, also kind of the shady part about it is that Disney is a little bit more on this type of trend, but there's like this kind of issue, this antitrust type of issue that still is not totally resolved about whether or not it's okay for a network's own studio to air their own product because it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you, you are like owning the rights and broadcasting it Why or something. Why wouldn't that be okay? Um, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of all no. weird because it's like, it should either be one or the other. It shouldn't be like both. I don't know. That's weird to me. I would think... Networks would just make their own shows. I feel like that's how most people think about it. They think like NBC makes all the NBC shows. Fox makes all the Fox. Like, I think there's so much uh, clusterfuckness that goes on, like, actually. But people don't really think about that. I mean, I don't really. No, there really is. And that's why (laughs) there are. I had to read big books all about it. Right. So it's very complicated. Yeah. So. This is kind of, I think it got attention because, you know, when all your favorite celebrities are tweeting about this show, you're like, oh, maybe I should be watching this show. Mm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, it was kind of on the back of my mind. And finally, I got to a point where I was just watching Top Model again. And that's sort of my ground state or like my zero. It's your constant. Yeah. Like my go back to zero. Yeah. So that means I'm on the lookout for something to binge. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is on Hulu. And I was like, oh, I'll try it. And it, it won me over pretty much. I'm, I'm pretty in love with it now. I'm on season four. I, I literally started like a week ago. And yeah, I'm, I can't. I don't know. I think I have a binge disease <laughs> because. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. Yeah, because literally if i'm not watching it at any moment and i'm in the middle of binging something it's like like i feel like i need like an itch to scratch it's just i can't relate like i don't have that except same for wild wild country yeah <laughs> but it's different because like wild wild country is an example of where like i want to know the information of what happened right and i could have just as easily gone to the wikipedia right, right, right. page and learned in half the time but that's no fun exactly I see. But to me, like anything I start that captures me, I want to know all the information Mm. like right now, which is so bad and I hate it. But like, I can't help it. Like, I can't. I think you can help it. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually crazy with this. I I can't like I I can't stop watching. Somebody help. (laughs) Anyway, I really. Sending out mm, a S.O.S. So and and Cameron has watched some episodes. I I like it a lot. Okay, there you go. That's what I needed. So it's great. It's like The Office meets yeah, NYPD Blue. It's basically the new like the Parks and Rec Office of right now, and I, I definitely I don't think Andy Samberg is at the caliber of Steve Carell or Amy Poehler mm-hmm. as like the lead. You know, the protagonist. You don't think so? I don't think he's quite there, but I think there's... 
I would disagree. Uh, really? Because to me, he's just playing. I guess that so are the others, but he's just playing like Andy Samberg, and like I think that character that he's playing is sort of been overdone so much in media and like mainstream media, like the man-child, you know, kind of character, which is fine, but like there's just so many characters on that show that interest me more and that's what made me fall in love with it like i like andy samberg okay but he's not a leslie nope or a michael scott Mm -hmm. but he does a great job i think he does a fantastic job i just mean like i mean luckily he has also another really strong uh supporting character to an actor to lean back on the uh chief sergeant the captain Captain. or terry cruz captain the captain is what made me like from the first episode. I was like, okay, I I love the captain. I relate to him. Right. I love him. And then I also love Terry Crews. Mm-hmm. I love Terry Crews because he's like, he literally looks like an action doll. Like his muscles are like humongous, but like he's also so like sensitive. Like mm-hmm. he's also like the most sensitive, the most like nice one, you know? Yeah. Sandberg just does a really good job. I think he. It's very funny, and no, I haven't funny. been able to see see him enough other shows or movies in the past to know what he was capable of. But it, I guess it, it kind of the trend makes sense because he was on SNL from 05 to 2012, and then this show starts up 2013. So I yeah. guess he didn't really have much of a break. I just <laughs> went up in the space. Right, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he he does a good job. He's just not the the leading person that, especially Steve Carell, because for me, The Office, and I know unpopular opinion. I don't. First of all, if you don't know, I don't like The Office. I don't Shade. hate. <laughs> I don't. Ha- <laughs> I don't hate it, but Boo. I don't like it. Sorry, but I think Steve Carell is the only thing that carries The Office like on his shoulders, like. <laughs> just him it's true and then if it wasn't for the office though we wouldn't have these other shows no i'm not saying i'm like i wish it never existed i just said i don't like it i don't like watching it but then parks and rec amy poehler is like um like pretty much as strong as steve carell or i think i think as strong but i feel like people would debate that but the whole cast is really strong Mm -hmm. in parks and rec like everyone it same same with the office but I you just disagree. haven't you just haven't been you haven't dived into it everybody knows <sighs> that the entire the office works great because it's an ensemble cast well but n- that it guy has, it has that guy nothing. that you liked i forget his name but the Pontiac bandit was from the I office know, i know that literally brooklyn 99 literally they have the exact every character in parks and rec that's around parks and rec is on brooklyn 99 and has been on the office before that you know it's like the same pool of like 50 people <laughs> that they just pick from for characters for all of these same shows but mockumentary like mockumentary style well brooklyn and nine is not sitcoms. mockumentary which i thought was interesting but it's it's close no, enough it's not. in feel so, right it's the feel it's the aesthetic yeah, style definitely. um i mean when you have handheld cameras like that it's a single cam show yeah so it's it's a great it's all the same it just doesn't have the premise of being a documentary yeah i say if you like the office like parks oh, and rec oh i guess the difference though is that the so flashbacks yeah the, yeah. Well, the interview cuts so like right there's they replace interview cuts with flashbacks yes. which is more of a family guy type technique yes that's so true no yeah so it's not exactly Actually, a documentary but it has yeah it's a what it has a lot of the same feel like you feel mm-hmm. like this is the parks and rec of now or the office of now right so we could I, segue that into the anime show that right. I recently introduced uh, Zeleni to. So uh, this would be a quick one. But when I was uh, a young kid, I guess in middle school, there was this show that came on to Adult Swim for a short period of time. It was an anime called uh, Detective Conan. No. The English version became Case Closed. And it's a really cool anime that I've always described it as like CSI meets anime but um I, I think that's a little heavy and extreme but it's a cool case anthology style where every episode is sort of its own contained story and that's it's like most any detective show right and so it's its own case where this kid has to solve the mysteries and crimes yeah. and it's been a really cool show if you're uh, mean, into if you're looking for some sort of oddball anime then uh, definitely check it out 
Yeah, it, it's really funny. Case like closed. It's very, like, it, it's funny in a way, in a different way, in that it's, like, so exaggerated. Like, he's, he deducts things that are, like, ridiculous. Right. Or, like, the crimes are committed in, like, the most ridiculous ways. It's true. And I guess that's what the liberties you get with anime but yeah it's it's really funny it's one of the we've been watching that we have it's one of the longest running animes ever it's in like the top is every anime (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever no but it's like in the top 20 longest uh running shows we've been watching we that and orange islands and then speaking of anime as far as new anime i watched the netflix series of agrasuko Mm. which is really great it's it's very short and they're only 15 minute episodes <laughs> it's, it's like an animal world every everything's an animal a cute japanese animal and it's a working girl so it, it's like if you work in an office this is like a very great show to like relate to and any frustrations with the office mm-hmm. and she has a way of dealing with her frustrations at the office in a very funny way I guess I just want to take that moment. So I haven't watched the show a lot, but I watched the first episode with you. And I think it's a just great moment to say why I think we love anime, or at least why I love anime is because the format allows us, allows the creators to exaggerate yeah. certain forms and certain feelings and emotions in a way that is not possible with live action. So I think that I, in the last year or so I've come around to really appreciate that about anime and I've been trying to I don't know just really see how that's a unique way of storytelling and seeing how maybe there are elements of that that could be pulled into live action in some way right. um, but this show definitely does a good job of that as well as case close and I've definitely just been on a cool anime fix because of that yeah I, I loved it I related to it a lot it's it, it's really great it's you should watch it. Wait, wait, wait. Do we, can we also cover what the cat returns? Uh, we could just say we watched it. We yeah. watched the cat returns. It's a Studio Ghibli movie that is very like, I feel like it's one of the less known ones because it wasn't directed by Miyazaki. I think mm. it was written or concepted by him or I don't know what it was, but it, it's a really funny movie and we we went to go see it in theaters in like a rerun mm-hmm. sort of situation. Well, so the what they're doing this national promotion type deal in theaters mm-hmm. where his I don't know if it's national or what. I think it is national where certain movie theaters are hosting this screen these screenings of his movies. And so if you are wondering if there's one in your local theater, maybe look around to see you might find a Miyazaki Miyazaki movie that you can go see. Yeah, there's usually one every month for. But we, we caught The Cat Returns. We haven't gone back. I think October is the next one I want to see. Mm-hmm. It might be Spirit Away or something. But we already covered that. I'm just saying, I think that's that. an interesting partnership between America and Japan. And I'm very much into that, well, but when, that as it relates to but media. But like Disney owns it here. Oh. Speaking of Disney. Solo? Solo. <laughs> right. I'll just go How solo on this one. <laughs> you will. Um, it was oh, okay. Uh, I'd give it a B. <laughs> okay. Good. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I'd give it a B. Because solo to me was, it was good because it was Disney and you can almost be assured that it's going to be a solid piece of media if it's from Disney. Like everything was thought out and everything had a purpose in the movie and it was a lot of fun. It was a fun ride. Um, I especially liked Danny Glover. Uh, in his portrayal of a young Lando Calrissian, he does a nice. It, the accent he played was a little bit weird to me, but like I don't know, I just didn't expect it. But uh, it was cool to see him in the movie. It, uh, I really like him just as a fan. In three words, why did you take points off? Three words. Yeah. Um, Challenge. Made for Disney. <laughs> they didn't have to be related, but uh, okay. <laughs> oh. Got it. I didn't. Okay. Cheesy. Or something. It's just it's ch- it's for ch- it's children's media. Got it. And and so that's that what and that's the common criticism I think nowadays, which was the skepticism as soon as they heard Disney bought the rights to right. it about this happening. You know, obviously they've decided to make it into a cash cow and trying to release all these origin stories and right, right, yada right. yada every year, and so. Disney's looking at it from a very much a business perspective, but at the end of the day, 
I think that they're just downplaying a lot of the major uh, mature themes that were in the original Star Wars trilogy and kind of losing sight of that level of maturity in exchange for comic play in a lot of ways. Got it. Um, Really designed for children. Very much like this is like, you know, a, a long trailer for toys. And merchandise right. type of deal. Typical. Um, so Speaking that's my of criticism. Children's media. Jurassic World two came out, and you went to see it. Yes. Because there's nothing more for children than dinosaurs. Was it called Fallen of, Kingdom? Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive because you would think dinosaurs would be kind of scary to kids. No, they love dinosaurs. They love dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs back it's in true. the day. I had a Godzilla backpack in what? kindergarten. It was scary as hell, but like. I loved it. Oh, speaking of Godzilla. Oh, I'm excited for that. Well, yeah. actually, I'm not. I don't know. I'm conflicted because Millie Bobby <laughs> Brown. Fuck. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown is in it, and so is Maddie from Dance Moms. Weirdly, <laughs> but uh, but it's action at the same time. I'm like, mm. it's it's major epic blockbuster. Right. And we can kind of talk about these two like types of movies together Jurassic because World, yeah. they're part of a trend that I read about a couple of years ago that's emerging. So on one side of the movie theater experience right now, we have the cinematic universe of superheroes. Yeah. Right. So that's what's dominated for the past decade is Marvel. Now, you know, DC trying to come up with their interpretation or, you know, offerings, but you know, they're not doing nearly as successfully as Marvel is. On the other hand, you have a lot of Asian um, movie producers and production studios that are wanting to come at this with their own uh, version of a cinematic universe that they're trying to kind of jump into the bandwagon with. Lionsgate is a production studio that is kind of at the forefront of this. And it's the a universe of monsters and so rather than superheroes being what it's all about now it's monsters we I had for monsters i think that's so interesting <laughs> no i mean i think They're it's more cool cute <laughs> <laughs> i think godzilla was as they cute. destroyed the brooklyn bridge <laughs> they do uh, see this is why i hate action they're all the same they just destroy the bridge they destroy all the cars you know i'm over it so that's like a trend that I can we can expect at least for the next five years, I would imagine so uh, a whole lot more World. monster movies. So Jurassic World's a big example of this mm-hmm. where obviously they, in my opinion, they are trying to uh, they're trying to push the envelope of what kind of monster, new monster they can create in this world of genetically modified dinosaurs that they've created which is what jurassic park's all about after all but so what did i think about this movie yeah i i it, it, similar feelings to solo in some sense i mean similar i mean in that the first it's okay. one was pretty like it was entertaining in parts but also like very mainstreamy yes <laughs> and it was very like there was so much product placement in the first jurassic yeah, park yeah. i I did tell Zeleni that after seeing, because I saw them sort of back to back. I was yeah, so, we watched oh, yeah. it. We rewatched it right before he was going right. to go see the second one. Like my mom, she was just crazy about it. She really wanted to go <laughs> see it for some reason, and so she went to go buy IMAX 3D tickets at the Bullock 3D? Theater. 3D, yeah, that's scary. I, yeah, <laughs> it was it was really cool. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was a movie that w- was worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to go see it, and so when she invited me to it, I was like, well, I have to watch the <laughs> previous one just so I have context uh so i did and then i was like all of the wrongs from the first chris pratt jurassic park uh jurassic world they corrected in the second one i thought so i actually really enjoyed it but it was only okay to me you know it was a b plus type movie Mm. and i am excited about kind of where they to see kind of where they take it from here because they definitely have now set up this whole new scenario for the Mm. uh, series that definitely opens up a lot more to come it's just confusing to me that they have like a bajillion parts of these movies yes and speaking of bajillion parts mission impossible right with still tom cruise still Tom. he's cruise. like 80 now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah which you also saw <laughs> i did <laughs> and this is another so this is an example this is a little extreme but so it goes to a little bit of what I was saying. I don't know if you're going to keep it in the final cut, but how I only go to a blockbuster action movie if uh, I feel like there's a reason to critically to go see it. And so with Mission Impossible, 
I I was researching it kind of a few days after it had already come out after the opening weekend, and I saw that it had like a ninety seven percent on Rotten well, Tomatoes. Well, no one had gone there yet. Huh? <laughs> no huh? one had seen it yet. No, this was after the f- opening weekend. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Not enough people have seen it. It had like it has <laughs> like over two hundred million in box office mm. sales. So that's that's a high number. That's a high percentage. Ninety seven percent is like, okay, I haven't seen like a new action movie get that high of rating in a really long time, so I wanted to go see why. So I did. And yes, granted, Tom Cruise is, you know, fifty five, almost sixty year old man who is trying to pretend like he's still in his young thirties. And so that that was very clear in the movie to me. And it was one thing I really liked about watching it was I loved how like trying to analyze how they positioned Tom Cruise relative to the lighting and the camera, because (laughs) I mean, this is me sort of, I don't mean to be rude, but like Tom Cruise's face is very interesting. Like one side of it is sort of drooping and it's kind of like he has like one side is his old man, like Tom Cruise. And then the other side of his face is still like a super young, fresh Tom Cruise. (laughs) It is weird. And I don't know, I don't know why, if it was by design or if that's just what's happened. But I don't think it was by design. So, like, rather than having, like, a lazy eye, he has a lazy side of his oh face. Oh, my God. That's fucked. Uh, I'm just saying, I could point it out every time in every oh shot God. in that movie. What side is it? It would be this side. Left. So, the, his left his side. Left side <laughs> if you pull up a modern picture of him. Oh, like, my God. The less, that's left so fucked si- up. It, well, it's... <laughs> You can see how, though, in the movie, they're very the filmmakers are very conscious of it because whenever he has an important scene where he has to either look pretty or look cool, like it's a romantic scene yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. It's his right side. They, yeah, they um, make sure that that side is what the camera's I picking mean, up. I mean, there's a lot of divas that are known for, like, I think Barbara Streisand is the main one, like, only shoot on one side of them yeah so he's exactly joined that club i guess which makes sense yeah so so that was what i noticed but on the whole i actually do recommend the movie it's a really good action movie and even though i think the story at times got a little more complicated than it needed to be action. (laughs) (laughs) um i mean I kind of welcome it is because it stayed cohesive in the end. So I, I can welcome it um, rather than it being a super simple plot, which right. is a little more common these days. Uh, but the cinematography for this movie, as well as the musical score, like on a technical level in terms of visual and audio, I loved it so much. It was very much an enjoyable visual and audio experience. They they did something unique with the score that I haven't seen in an action movie in a very long time. It was very like a minimal type of score. And also in terms of cinematography, uh, there were a lot of lens flare type of mm-hmm. shots. It seemed like every other shot had lens flare in it, which is definitely a trend that I think maybe like Star Trek uh, had started the new Star Trek movies. But um, and J.J. Abrams, he likes lens flare. But uh, who was a producer on this movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, okay. I wonder if it'll that. get nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Speaking of might, might. Oscars. It might get like a Best Director nom. I feel like it would get cinematography and sound, mm-hmm. if anything. Dun, 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 oh, you dun, know what dun. action movie I really, I, I wanted to see really bad, but then I totally forgot and I missed my chance skyscraper no gross (laughs) that one's still very much there i'm pretty sure no uh oceans the girl one oh yeah is that really uh, it had a lot of actresses i like a lot it has sandra bullock no i know and Uh, rihanna and we really should go see that movie i want to maybe that's the one action we'll cover someday yeah at at high key um okay speaking of uh, worlds west world i tried (laughs) Two episodes in. I mean, we, we would be we would we would be foolish if we didn't at least give a nod to Westworld two, because uh, it's just a well, major. Well, I know, but we haven't watched it. We watched Breastworld. <laughs> <laughs> we did. So speaking of Breastworld, I watched. I've been watching Drag Race Thailand the first season just because <laughs> I listened to a, a a podcast that is currently recapping it. Shout out to All Right Mary. All right. Yep, and it's been really cool to see the the tie the first franchise of Drag Race, and just how it is in a different country. I but agree. Yeah. Well, you haven't watched, <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool to see. I I need to watch some. Reality TV is crazy. 
I'm obsessed. So we saw, we bought for a dollar at half price a, or I bought, I should say. The the wh- biggest waste of dollar <laughs> I think you could have ever season, spent. Season three of The Simple Life. It is with Paris and Nic- Paris and Nicole Richie. And we watched an episode yesterday and it was real bad. It's just like, <laughs> it it's was very much like literally, like it feels like a movie. It's so fiction. Like it's it feels so heavily like a, produced. Well, it just feels like a scripted show. Like yeah. you're just watching like The Office, but bad. Right. Or, you, you know, like mockumentary. <laughs> it is the epitome of awful mid 2000s. Yeah. Media. It's just like <laughs> back then, literally, I don't think they had any gauge or didn't care about authenticity. Yeah. Because literally it's like scripted. Yeah. Like you can see it all. Okay. Speaking of reality TV. I, I wanted to acknowledge Queer Eye season two because okay. we, we covered Queer Eye earlier this year. Mm-hmm. The the first pilots. season. Yeah, the pilots of both. Pilot comparison. And I don't you didn't you watch like maybe one of the season two ones. You've only you only watched like one of the season one ones no. too. Yeah. <laughs> so you you haven't been on that train. But I, I like season two a lot. I have a very unpopular opinion that I'm straight up scared to say because <laughs> it's so unpopular. I'm scared to hear it. Well, you won't even get it because you haven't seen it. But so everyone's talking about the first episode of season two being like this amazing episode. And it's a really it's a really good episode. But to me, it didn't fit in to the rest of the show. Like, I feel like it should have come out as like a bonus or something different because so their their job is to make over this woman who's a really cool and badass lady that is trying to like build this church space for her community and she's been through a lot and her son is gay and there's a lot of like really emotional moments but it the whole time it turns out like she's like coaching them the whole time Mm -hmm. and i'm like this isn't the point of queer eye like it i don't know to me it didn't fit into like the main of the show or maybe it should have been like a finale or something that's like more it just felt like a weird start Hmm. To start off on something unconventional to the whole show. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that. It's unpopular, but... And it, I'm not saying the episode doesn't shouldn't happen. It's just, like, it was weird to place it there. So... Episode order. It's important. And I think... I, I didn't like that very much. That order. Ordering. And... I also saw the new season of Top Model, Tyra's Back. Oh, yeah. Uh, the winner got robbed. Or, like, the... Snub. Yeah, there was a big snob at the end. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> this random ass girl one that made no sense. So that's all I'll say. I'm not that into it. It's very modern top model Tyra, which isn't the best. What else? Skin Wars. I don't know if I've talked about Skin Wars. It's old, but it's really good. It's on Netflix. <laughs> RuPaul's on it. <laughs> I think that it's an in, in, in inflated goodness because you get to watch people paint people's bodies while you put on your makeup. No, that's so. not true. But the first time I watched it through, I watched it for real. So I, I literally just, have never watched you watch it when you're not putting on makeup or getting ready. Well, yeah, because I watched <laughs> it while you weren't here. But I, I watched all of Skin Wars with focus. And now I put it on while I do my makeup. Hmm because okay. it makes sense well it's like i'm re-watching at those times in this case i want to i want to uh shout out our chill hop raccoon oh my god are you serious <laughs> we're gonna do a media this recap is, this is getting so <laughs> random so yeah we like to listen to the chill hop streams on youtube and there's this one with the cutest raccoon on it it's so cute yeah i and, love it and it's cool it's an example of like it's like this repeated gif sort of where yeah, it's, there's it's these like, tiny animations everywhere yeah it's a raccoon like working on her bed mm-hmm. it's so cute it's oh, good i can't it's great <laughs> and it's an, to me and it's example of having a small little like some sort of small movement in the background that just feels you makes you feel a little motivated to get work done more so if you're looking for a background something like for real background not like skin wars while i do my makeup but like something that's not distracting like that check out the chill hops on youtube and the raccoon one is our favorite it's my favorite because the (laughs) raccoon is so cute and it makes you feel like you and the raccoon are like yeah, both working like working together, together right? <laughs> like you're not alone trying to get something done on a yeah, deadline. Exactly. So that's cute. Yeah. Um, Ruby. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I have, okay. Should I confess my guilty pleasure show? You haven't air? already? No. I'm scared. It's the bold type. Oh, God. Okay, y'all. I have a love hate relationship with the bold type. It's very cheesy and over the top. And what kind of boss has that kind of time to be invested in their boys' personal lives? But whatever. I still watch it. I don't know why. Don't ask me. I'm guilty about it. Sorry. I know why. Why? Because it's free on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, it's not <laughs> free on Hulu. Hulu costs money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Delaney a look in the studio like. Well, it does. So, uh, yeah, I've been watching The Bold Type. It's, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Someone tell me why I watch it. I hate it. I hate myself for it sometimes. Well, you like it because it's your industry. So Slightly, but there's like a language coded in it that you can it's get. Like, it's like they don't even have designers on there. Like, where are they? they you and it's would also think they'd like, be like a background character. But it's also inspired some by Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, but it's like what you love fucking nice version, which makes no sense. Like she's too nice. Like she's like polar opposite and she could but not you want nice media. No, this is so different. This is like this lady is makes no sense how she has time to run a magazine and be like, hmm. oh, are you having trouble with your boyfriend? You know, like uh, that's OK. We've given it too much. Yeah, I know. But I'm, you're the one asking. But what is this <laughs> thing about nice media? I heard you mention it kind when we media. were watching this other show just the other day. Yeah. So I guess we can we can move on to things we're, we're excited about. Things we're excited about. So we're definitely we're, we're not ignoring making it, which premiered last week. But I think we're we want to cover the whole season. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the new show on NBC that's reality show, reality show, competitive reality show with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler about making crafts and stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's very much Great British Bake Off style and format, but with crafts instead of cooking or desserts or whatever they do. It's just so funny to me because like it's so very much Britain very much american right <laughs> but america's save, all about making stuff save the rest for the podcast on that we'll definitely that's coming up but we we really enjoyed the pilot and we're yes. excited to see the rest of the show yes definitely go start watching the show if you have access to nbc yes if if you want to book club it with us we'll, we're definitely doing that what's the deal with apple like wasn't apple supposed to start their own streaming service this year i have well Oh, you know, Kesha has a new documentary coming out on Apple Music. I'm excited about that. That's true. This week. Wait, didn't we watch another documentary on Apple Music this year? No, that was Give Me Future. And we talked about that in our 2017 review. Oh, okay. So other things we're excited about. We just actually watched the first part of this movie uh, a couple of days ago, Wreck-It Ralph. And Wreck-It Ralph 2 is coming out around Thanksgiving. And we're... What does he do? break the internet uh, <laughs> i know we've talked about it we've touched on it on a different might podcast as well just be hashtag breaks the internet oh you're right no yeah so we as you y'all know if you heard whatever episode it was where we talked about this we are very skeptical of the breaks the internet because we saw the trailer at one of these new movies we went to go see and it was it was it had heavy emoji movie vibes like oh yeah completely it was bad so we're pretty wary, weary, something weary about weary it. Weary about the premise. <laughs> Definitely. And we just rewatched the first one to sort of get ready and because we wanted yeah. to watch it. And it, it it helped give me a little hope yeah. in Disney. It restored a little because they did it so, they did the first one so cleverly. Right. That I was like, okay, maybe they can find something clever or clever things about the internet Mm -hmm. to make it disney still but it's it's a hard challenge it really is i mean obviously i wouldn't want to give it i wouldn't want to trust it in the hands of any other studio to try to do um and we saw dreamworks what happened they won the razzie for it yeah yeah or what's the emoji movie dreamworks probably right (laughs) i don't know who the emoji movie was but I mean, uh, we, so we have hope. Yeah, they did. They, Skeptical. They hope. did arcade culture so well yeah. in the first one, like incredible video game culture, so good. So, and that alone in itself is a big subject to tackle yeah. all in one movie. So, That's I mean, true. I can only hope for the best. But the internet just like is just, so massive the of a concept that, to try to 
it is and also the, the scary thing is is the blending of like the or the complete blurring of the line between yeah. sponsored and not that puts people off and I don't know. It's it's hard. That's very hard. Yeah. To get people on board with something with brand names and logos on it. Right. That's hard. And I mean, if you watch the trailer, it's, you know, I we think that it, it's going to be a little bit of Disney using it as a chance to address their own criticisms that they've received over the years of their own media, especially about princesses and the lack of diversity yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. And so well, forth. Mulan is famously missing from the princess room. Mm. So maybe she's like um, a plot point or they forgot about her. <laughs> mm. Maybe there's a specific <laughs> maybe reason they didn't want to put her in her. Taken hostage or something. Well, as we talked about in the past, Mulan has been critically uh, challenged. <laughs> in well, but that's a whole other <laughs> can of worms. The American Studies Department at UT. You can listen that to that episode of the podcast. So another movie i'm super excited about probably the last one is in october it's my queen it's a star is born right. with lady gaga yeah. bradley cooper's directorial debut and he also stars in it <laughs> of course and i'm very excited because that's my queen and she could she can go egot <laughs> soon it's true she has an emmy she has a grammy Oh. She needs an Oscar. She doesn't have a Tony, but she could get one. That's what's point. EGOT. It's like when you win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. Oh. There's few people that have gotten right. all of them, but they they exist. I wonder if Frank Sinatra is like one of them. Uh, I don't think so. No. Why would he get an Emmy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So Gaga. He's on a lot of TV. Gaga's halfway there, and we're hoping the monsters that. This is the O. Would it be best actress or best supporting actress? Best actress. Uh-huh. So that's that's hard, honestly. Yeah. But if it wins, maybe if the whole movie wins, it counts. No, I don't know. <laughs> but Zelenny, if I talked about this in the past, where a lot of times I feel like a best supporting actress nom should have gotten a best actress nom. Right. It's a very. Like, how hazy. do you define that? Yeah, but she's definitely the female protagonist. Mm-hmm. She's she might. I think she's even like the protagonist. Like she's right. she's the star that, that was, was born in my intro to screenwriting class. That was often a challenge. That like one of the first questions we would always ask after reading a script is who is the protagonist, and mm-hmm. it's amazing how many different arguments would come out of trying to figure out who is actually the protagonist it's hard sometimes i mean it's supposed to be like by the rules of screenwriting right. it's supposed to be very clearly defined and the idea is that the first person that you see on yeah. the screen is supposed to be the default protagonist of the movie yeah. um obviously that's not always the case um and not always not always every movie has a protagonist but i mean i personally think I don't know if I agree with how American media is so centered on they're like laser focused on yeah. having a character, one character driven plot yeah. in everything we watch. It's and, so true. And and that's something that it's always kind of brushed me wrong and that's just not how I usually think when I'm writing. Um You know something that I find interesting too hmm. is and this goes back to Ruby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the antagonist protagonist. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. And I feel like I don't see it that much in American media. I like like that so much. It's so fun. I mean, I guess Megamind and those, the minions and those are kind of like that. But it's interesting to me when the antagonist is like. Right. But like the thing about those, the Megamind minions and all that, these are antagonists that are like good. Like Ruby is like bad. Like. (laughs) She's an she's an antagonist. She's not like oh I I might have a heart, but I'm put in this box of villain. No, it's like she's a villain. <laughs> so like that's interesting to me to see like the villain is the character you're following, right. like but the actual pure villain, not like a, trying to redeem herself villain. I don't see that in American media very much, but Mexican media has a few. Well. <laughs> I guess I'll conclude it by saying I'm excited for the 2018 midterm elections. Oh, yeah. If you haven't voted or <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't uh, registered. Yeah, you should. I don't I think maybe the deadline passed. I don't know, actually. You can usually. But as far as I know, you can register up to 30 days before the election date. Just Google register to vote USA because <laughs> I don't remember the exact URL. Yeah, it's probably like vote.gov slash register or something and have a governmentally issued photo id yes 
but yeah, definitely vote this November. Definitely, definitely educate yourself on who, what the issues are and yeah. who the candidates and what they're running on, what the platforms are and what their beliefs are. Yeah, try to do your research of like your local stuff because that's the stuff you don't know. Who yeah. have, or I never know. And I always end up doing the research like while I'm there, but the the polling place I usually go to doesn't have a line, so I don't have time to research <laughs> in the line because there's no line. So that's funny. Because I usually vote during work. I mean, Texas is definitely in the national spotlight for this midterm election. Well, yeah. Because we, we have. have a major Senate seat that's yeah. being heavily contested. Beto. Yeah, in a very big way, uh, and it could shift things. And Hopefully. so there's a lot of exciting movement it's behind so that. It's so hard, honestly, if you live in a state that's like. It's silent majority. Well, but. Ugh. It's just so unmotivating to live in the many states that are one color, like, through and through. Mm -hmm. Like, it must be so, it must feel so different to vote in those, in swing states. Because it's like, you feel like your vote does something. Right. But it's so hard here when it's, like, made, built to be red or or even that still doesn't mean you shouldn't participate no i know and i do but it's just so it feels so much less yeah i don't know like it matters it's like playing a video game on the same level and you never beat the boss and get to progress to the next level yes (laughs) it's like why am i even playing this game yes exactly it's like i wonder how it feels like in those swing states i don't know sorry that's a somber note but (laughs) i just get so annoyed like why have some faith. It should be full country. That would be a real fight. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And also with all the claims of meddling already in the Ugh. midterm elections, it's just a crazy time in America. And yeah, that's we why we it. watch things to forget about it mm. or mm-hmm. interpret it. Yeah. Maybe learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. Hence why I'm going into documentary making. Oh my god. How many times have you said I'm that? I'm so excited. Take a shot every time Cameron says that. Stay tuned. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Heike Book Club. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you would like to sponsor us, please email at Heike Book Club. If you have any thoughts about all the many things we talked about today, feel free to email us at HeikeBookClub at gmail.com or follow us, tweet us on Instagram, whatever the hell. If we're using Gmail for our email, is it kind of like Google Spawn? No, it's not trying to spawn. No, (laughs) follow us at Heineke Book Club on any on the social medias. Yes. If you have any thoughts or if you if there's something we should cover or if one of us is crazy for not wanting to cover the things we talk about here fully. Yeah. Let us know. Well, great. Thanks so much for tuning in and we're excited to go watch these things. If you watch them too, then let us know, talk with us and we want to have a conversation. Maybe we'll shut you out on one of those episodes that we cover later on in the year. Uh, but we have got a lot more producing to go do and we got to go <laughs> enjoy this week. So we'll see you on the flip side. As always, you'll be hearing from us.